Welcome to the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths Podcast. Join us as we speak the truth about home ownership, the housing market, and the place we call home, Hamilton. Come on in and make yourself comfortable. Hello to our Home Truths listeners. I'm your host today, Megan Smith, residential and lifestyle real estate consultant at Lodge Real Estate. Well, look, as a vendor ready to sell your property, whether it's your own home or an investment property, a key decision to make is whether to sell with an agency and which agency or privately. And while we acknowledge we are advocates for selling with an agency, Lodge in particular, obviously, there are some clear reasons why, including the value an agency can bring to your home sale, which we're going to talk through today. Here to chat through the nuances of this topic with me is Lodge Managing Director Jeremy O'Rourke and Lodge Marketing Manager Kevin Walker. Welcome guys, thanks for coming along today. Hello Megan. Hello Megan, how are you? Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Now before we launch into it, let's attend to our regular feature, Two Truths and a Lie, and I'm going to get each of you to share three statements and at the end of the episode we'll uncover which is fact and which is fiction. Jeremy and Kevin? I'll go first. Yeah, go on. Home staging uh, improves your value. The more buyers who visit your house, the more likelihood of a sale and your cheapest agent is the one who charges you the least commission. Nice. Cool. And uh, yeah, my uh, home truths are every house requires a different approach to marketing. Even your agent needs help selling your house and a small agency will give you better service. Well, those might be tricky to guess, but we'll see see what we can come up with. So launching into it, we'll kick off with you, Jeremy. Over time in the industry, you would have seen plenty of examples of selling privately versus selling with an agency and the outcomes for the vendors associated with those two different approaches. How is the process different for each and what are some of the outcomes that you've seen? Megan, anecdotally, we can give you examples of uh, where we've seen private sellers underselling the market and not understanding where the market actually is. But interestingly enough, the REINZ conducted research a couple of years ago that showed that uh, on average, agents achieve a 15% higher sale value than private sellers. And they do this largely by designing a campaign, coordinating its launch, really creating competition and urgency amongst buyers. They consider the different methods of sale and what is appropriate for the property. And sometimes those methods of sale can be really difficult for a private seller to achieve or to control. For instance, auction is a process where the auctioneer requires a whole lot of information uh, from the salesperson. And it's unlikely that the private buyer has actually been able to garner that information or even understand why it's necessary for the auctioneer to achieve the best price for them. Mm. Okay, because one of the other things, of course, is that people will think that it, of course, looks very easy to coordinate all of this, even as a private individual. One of the things that our agencies have done well or poorly is they've made it very easy for vendors to actually use without actually seeing all of what goes on in the background and and what is required to bring about competition and to bring about urgency amongst Mm -hmm. buyers. And when you haven't seen that, when you're unaware of what's going on in the uh, background, it it looks very much like, oh, all you need to do is put the property on trade me and away you go, you've got competition and the property sells. It doesn't quite work like that. 
And you touch on something that's really particularly important in the current buyer's market, which is the ability to create urgency. That's a definitive skill that agencies and agents can have perhaps over a private individual. 100% and that can either come about from genuine competition or from a fear of being in competition and getting people to act and not be apathetic about what's going on in in the market. Question I have is, can private owners still do an auction or do they generally use the tender offer process? I would imagine that they would generally opt for a tender, but both have their own complications in in behind the scenes. So Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot easier for a private seller to do a tender because a, a tender can be a conditional type of contract. So the unknowns can be left in the contract, whereas an auction, it's an unconditional sale Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of work that is required by the agent to guide the buyer through to get them unconditional, to put them in a position to bid on the day of auction. So I think auctions become a lot harder for private sellers to run as opposed to tenders where they can just simply offer the tender documents. But in behind a lot of our most successful tenders, salespeople are doing a really good job in getting people to actually understand the value and develop the value in their own mind and then get the cleanest offer that they can possible, often unconditional, because that's such a, a stronger commitment from the buyer than a conditional deal which uh, you know, where they haven't really done all of their uh, sure. homework. Thank you for that. So on process, I know the sceptics out there will think, well, don't real estate agents, as you've touched on, just list the property on Trade Me and that's it. So there's clearly a process that the agent um, works through to involve the vendor in the process as well as the buyers. And one of the things I think that agents can offer certainly is a perspective around a target audience for very specific properties. Do you want to speak to that, Jeremy? Every property is unique where it's not a commodity market and different properties at different price points or even, you know, lifestyle type properties, psychographic sort of um, targets require insight for the salesperson just to figure out who is going to buy it and what does that person get attracted to. Mm. It's not simply placing it on trade me because there are a lot of different media. Uh, digital marketing has become increasingly more sophisticated realestate.co were in the other day telling us that over 20% of their audience were unique to them. And so understanding, you know, where is the buyer looking? What are they actually looking for? And you've also got a whole lot of passive buyers. And today, social media has become really important in accessing those private buyers or passive buyers, the buyers who might not necessarily be looking, but when the right type of property is actually put in front of them, you know, they're in a position to act. So salespeople understand those audiences and understand how to access those audiences by putting a campaign together and making sure that it's actually uh, launched and coordinated, brings all of those buying groups together and pushes them over the doorstep and increases that urgency. So it sounds like, you know, you've really got to be tops in digital fluency to, you know, provide some cut through, especially in the current market. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. So do you think people's decisions to sell privately versus with an agency is affected by the market at any given point in time? So for instance, when it's buoyant, do more people try and go it alone? The real danger for a vendor in a rising market is underselling the property and agents add value by coordinating the sale and creating a competitive process and really finding the way to actually achieve the very highest sale price. And we've seen that particularly in the last couple of years, 2020, 2021 market, which was really, really buoyant. Private sellers 
uh, underselling where the property could achieve because even we were surprised by some of the upside that we achieved on uh, on certain properties. In a falling market, I think the agent adds um, value because they bring a sales process and they have access to tools that private sellers simply don't have access to. And that accesses a number of buyers. So private sellers typically tend to be looking for a buyer. Agents tend to be looking for the buyer, the person who's prepared to pay the most amount of money or who is in a position in a falling market to act. I think in this type of market where there are a whole lot more properties on the market, it's very cluttered. And everyone's online, but not everyone's seen. And so agents understand how they get that property seen, where they find those buyers, what is appealing to the buyer. And again, that creation of urgency and competition in perhaps a market where people suspect there is none or an absence of it. Yeah, um, where they think they've actually got time and where they don't actually have to uh, act, I think agents actually can show a buyer that whilst they might be looking and seeing a whole lot of properties on the market, the one that absolutely suits them might be quite rare. And once they find it, they want to act on that Mm -hmm. before anybody else acts on that. So they bring about that sense of of urgency. Um, And for a private seller, that's really hard to achieve because you're only showing the one property, whereas agents might have shown eight, nine, ten properties to the buyer and only one of them has been suitable and therefore they learn to act immediately on that suitable property. The other thing I was thinking about, Jeremy, is navigating the legal process involved in marketing and selling a home. So a recent example I'll share is I saw a private seller erect a sign on council land, which was quickly removed, obviously, because it's um, in breach of local bylaws. But if the initial issue with the process is going to be about sign placement, I'm wondering how people in a private sense, unless you've got a legal background, would navigate a sales and purchase agreement. Well, not only the sale and purchase agreement, but making sure that the advertising that they use isn't misleading. So I think there's a whole lot of um, legal implications now in selling a home. They're valuable in most instances, people's most valuable possession. And they're also something that when somebody buys, they they expect to be delivered what they think they're going to be delivered. And so making the disclosures that allow somebody to act with confidence, I think, is really important as well. So there are a whole lot of legal pitfalls that agents take care of and almost take for granted as part of their process, part of what they actually do, that private sellers often don't consider. Yeah, that could be a a minefield for a private seller trying to navigate that process. So how do real estate agents achieve those high prices? You've touched on it a, a wee bit. And Kevin, maybe if we come to you, because obviously a marketing plan is a clear advantage that agents or agencies can offer over private individuals selling a property. Yeah, that's right. Like agencies have access to yeah, all the online platforms that are available, like not just TradeMe. A private person can list on TradeMe. They can't actually list on realestate.co.nz. I don't think they can list on One Roof or Homes or anything like that. So at the very basic point, to get those active buyers, agencies can access all of the different digital channels in that respect. And like Jeremy says, it's just about creating competition. You know, if you get 20 people interested in a house, there's going to be 10 that are willing to pay a certain price, five or six that are going to pay slightly more than what they would expect. And then there's a couple that will pay the most for it. And just creating that buyer throughout the journey, um, creating the competition for everyone, and you're just covering all your channels across the entire landscape of when you go to sell a house. 
I think it even uh, starts prior to that. Certainly what you're saying is right, Kevin, but just when we come across a property, making sure that we talk to the vendor about any repairs or maintenance that might need to occur with the property itself. What are any enhancements that somebody can do to a property just to bring it to life and, and make it more appealing? Is it something that needs to be staged? Often people, you know, they've bought the house maybe 15 years prior. They had small children. The kids have now left home. The, the furniture and the way that they live is completely different to mm. the new person is going to buy it, mm. who will probably be like them when they first bought it. They'll probably have small children and, and, and those types of things. So mm. giving consideration to those aspects and making sure that we're designing a campaign that attracts it. The direction or, of photography. Paul Conway the other day was in my office showing me a picture of a um, that was taken by another agency where the rubbish bins were out in front of the property and he had then taken over the agency and uh, his photography had changed the angle of the um, property, he'd cleaned up the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the front yard. The, obviously, the, the rubbish bins were, were missing, not such a, of, of great appeal. And when I looked at the two photos, um, I could hardly no recognise it. There's no comparison. Yeah. Exactly right. So I think all of these types of things and, you know, the thoughtfulness prior to, as well as what Kevin's saying about the um, which platforms do we need to actually emphasise the property on, mm-hmm. um, all assist in actually achieving just a, a higher level of price for a vendor. So are all salespeople and agencies created equal? What are the differences between agents associated with an agency and those out on their own? And we've, we've probably covered a bit of ground on this. Um, yeah, the short answer is, you know, obviously no. Starting with the salespeople, you know, they all have unique skills and knowledge and experience. You know, there's newbie agents who have only just started who are probably more hungry and driven to uh, get a sale and have a bit more, you know, oomph about them. And then you have your experienced salespeople, obviously still might have that drive and um, whatever else, but they also have the experience, a whole different ballgame between them. And so, and they will have their own networks of contacts. Some have very big databases full of buyers who are buying. They'll, some will have investor buyers, have like investor contacts who might be interested in investing properties as well. In short, yeah, every salesperson has uh, their own unique qualities. And again, same with the agencies. Yeah, we're not all created equal. There's certain things we can do equally well, listing on trade me or whatever, there's, those are the basic real estate basics that everyone knows how to do. But then there's the other thing is the value they can add to your sale. Like, you know, is their Facebook presence large? Like, what's their Google presence like? You know, we're lodge number one prank agency when you Google Hamilton Real Estate. So any organic buyers coming from overseas, you know, they'll kind of see us first and come to us first. And the sheer size of an agency, how many agents they have, you know, an agency with more salespeople, typically sell more houses. When they sell more houses, you, know, you get more listings. Uh, you meet more buyers just naturally from, you know, and that buyer might come to one of your agent's open homes, but then they might be suited to another agent's open home, home that's for sale. And just through that network, they create those connections because it's really just a ball about connections. So a bigger agency, more connections made, especially if that agency sort of works well as a team. The other thing I was thinking that as salespeople under an agency umbrella that we do very well that would be advantageous over a private seller, perhaps, and I don't know if you'd agree, Jeremy, is we, we do do a lot of peer review. So, you know, we're, we're actively looking at each other's listings and detail checking and comparing so that we're always giving accurate information to our vendors. And you've got and forums that are actually created yeah. to actually swap that information so that um, vendors can remain informed about what's going on and it also gives clues as to you know which buyers might suit which properties. Mm. So I think 
if I was shopping for a salesperson today, the sorts of questions that I might be asking, are they backed by a large agency? You know, do they actually actively promote their properties to other salespeople mm-hmm. and to those other salespeople's um, buyers? Because there are a lot of buyers out there who will only work with one salesperson. They're busy and yeah. they live busy lives. Did they turn up and did they bring me a strong marketing campaign that's going to show me how they're going to uncover as many buyers as possible? Have they been thoughtful about the way that I can maximise the value of my property, how I'm presenting it and, and, and doing those sorts of things? And do they demonstrate strong negotiation skills and communication skills that I understand. Are they clear with me? I think those would be the points that I'd be looking for in a salesperson today. Yeah, yeah, and very aware of the stock. So one thing that I love that we do at Lodge is, you know, caravan new listings as a group in the morning. So we're enjoying that comparison of property versus, but also we're thinking of hot buyers. You know, we're acting instantaneously for our vendors. And all of us are smarter than one of us, right? Yeah. So the more collaborative we are across more people, the better the experience for both buyer and seller. So thinking about all of that, are there any other benefits an agency brings that perhaps we haven't touched on? And what should those leading towards selling privately consider? Well, I mean, the same reason you don't remove your own appendix if it's burst. Um, You get a a doctor (laughs) to do that, Um, a surgeon. You know, you don't know what you're doing when you sell a house privately generally. You can read a few books, but you can't operate on yourself. And the stakes are incredibly high. You're talking about what's often your largest asset. You make a mistake and you get yourself in trouble very quickly, whether it's legally or by underselling yourself and not doing yourself a favour financially. Yeah, and those are sort of the definite downsides of trying to sell yourself and the benefits of having an agency is you have that professional guidance uh, throughout the process which has equal their interest in just getting the best sale across the line, mm. not just any sale or a quick sale. Yeah, so they're very sort of vendor and buyer-centric. Mm. I think it's especially poignant. I'm aware personally of um, a situation recently where somebody opted to sell privately, not in the Waikato, and part of the condition of the sale, the bank required a registered valuation and there was a $100,000 difference between the registered valuation over what the private seller had actually let the home go for. Poor private seller was underselling by 100000 That's right, yeah. So find yourself in that situation. So this is an interesting question, actually. Can people sell both privately and with an agent, Jeremy? Well, you can only sell once, so no would be the answer to the exact question, but they can possibly list privately and list with an agency, just simply not with us. Thank you. That's pretty clear cut. And for both of you, what's one myth you'd like to bust or home truth about working with a real estate agency or private selling that you'd like our listeners to take away? I think one of the one of the real myths is that um, salespeople look for a buyer because that's what earns them a commission. In my experience, and certainly the salespeople in our office get a real sense of achievement when they've achieved the, the very best price for um, a buyer. And, and we see this occur in the offices all the time in developing competition or just in instilling urgency into a buyer and making sure that they've got every single cent out of that buyer um, for the vendor. So my experience of salespeople is they are incredibly vendor-centric. Mm. Um, that is where the enjoyment for them comes. Mm. 
Thank you. And and what about you, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I mean, my myth would be uh, to go big, you know, go big, find an agent that has the backing of a, a solid agency. They've got the biggest support networks. As you say, they see the most properties generally. They talk amongst themselves. They know the market intently. And, uh, yeah, the bigger agency, the better. There's sometimes the perception that boutique is always going to be better service and do you better off. But I don't think in real estate it's the case. So that's my myth. Nice. And I might have given something away, but yeah. Especially in this market, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So look, now team, back to our regular feature, which we shared earlier, two truths and a lie. Starting with you, Jeremy, can you repeat yours? So home staging improves value. And that is a truth, Megan. Home staging, definitely we have seen uh, improves the value of the properties that we've seen it on. Secondly, the more buyers who visit your house, the more likelihood of a sale. And that is a truth. The more people over your doorstep, the more likelihood you'll get a sale, the uh, better that price is likely to be. And the third one, your cheapest agent is the one who charges you the least commission. Well, that's a lie. The cheapest agent that you have will be the person who puts the most money in your pocket. Mm, Thank you for that. And Kevin, your two truths and a lie, and then perhaps just give us a quick pause so we can let the uh, listeners guess, and then we'll come back to it. Well, every house requires a different approach to marketing. Even your agent needs help selling your house and a small agency will give you better service. Okay, so take five, everyone, and... Cool. Um, Okay, so yeah, every house requires a different approach to marketing. Obviously, every house is different. Every buyer for every house is going to be different. So, of course, they need different methods of marketing and selling a house. Sometimes it could be an auction, could be a tender could be um, just a price property. So everyone's going to be different. Uh, Even your agent needs help selling your house. So if you're thinking of selling it yourself and you consider the fact that even agents need help selling them, when I'm talking about the marketing team behind, you know, the agent might have their own marketing team or Lodge have a marketing team as well, where you help sell your house, our administrators help sell the house, lawyers, building inspectors, everybody gets involved, not necessarily selling the house, but to facilitate a house sale, right? And then um, third, a small agency will give you better service. Service, as far as I'm concerned, when you're selling a house is, you know, to get the best price in the shortest amount of time possible, you know, for the greatest outcome of all parties. And that's obviously, as we've talked about today, just the bigger the agency, the more chance they have that of that happening, uh, getting the best price for you in a quick time frame. Because let's face it, selling your house isn't a fun thing. <laughs> if you have to have your house on the market for months and months, there's no fun. You want a quick sale and to get the right result at the right price for where everyone's happy. Thanks, guys. Some really valuable insights um, here today. Last question I have for you, Jeremy, on top of um, two truths and a lie, is people, I guess, would expect that you as managing director of the largest agency in the city transacting property, that you might be inclined, if you were to in fact sell your beautiful home, that you would give it a crack yourself. Is, Is that true? That is a myth. We wouldn't, and we would want somebody who came in, had a really clear plan on how they were going to actually uh, market the property and gave us some real comfort around them being able to um, find the uh, the buyer who would pay the best um, price. But I certainly wouldn't want to be offering it myself. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, just to let you know, I'm here for you, and when you're ready, just... 
Thanks, Megan. I'll take note. So, right, we'll wrap it up there for today. Thanks so much to Jeremy and to Kevin for your thoughts today and to our listeners. Please keep your eyes and ears out for our next episode. And in closing, may all of your property dreams come true. Thanks for joining us on the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths podcast. Learn more about today's topic and our panel guests by visiting our website, lodge.co.nz. 